We're in Romans 15, and we're going to start with verse 13. And we're going to read down to, I believe, verse 20. So let's read. It says, now, uh, now may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing, that you may abound in hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. Now I myself am confident concerning you, my brethren, that you are full of goodness, filled with all knowledge, able to admonish one another. Nevertheless, brethren, I have written more boldly to you on some points as reminding you because of the grace given to me by God, that I might be the minister uh, be a minister of Jesus Christ to the Gentiles, ministering the gospel of God, that the offering of the Gentiles might be acceptable, sanctified by the Holy Spirit. Therefore, I have reason to glory in Christ Jesus in the things which pertain to God. For I will not dare to speak of any of those things which Christ has not accomplished through me in word and deed, to make the Gentiles obedient in my, uh, mighty signs and wonders by the power of the Spirit of God, so that from Jerusalem around about to Illyricum, I have fully preached the gospel of Christ. So I have, been, uh, I have made it my aim to preach the gospel, not where Christ was named, lest I should build on another's foundation. All right, so uh, let's pray over our spiritual meal. Father, thank you so much for the word of God. And we're going to take it and uh, it will nourish us when we receive it by faith. And we thank you, Lord, for this meal. And Holy Spirit, we call upon you as the divine teacher that you would anoint the eyes, ears, and heart of each person listening and open them by the gift of your grace. Cause them to see, hear, and understand what you're saying. That they walk away, Father, hearing your voice. And Lord, I thank you that the power of the Holy Spirit will help them bear fruit of it. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. All right, let's go back to verse 13, start unpacking. Uh, now may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing that you may abound in hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. Paul says that may the God of hope fill you. Look at that word may. That means that it's not totally up to God if you're filled. You have a part to play if you're going to be filled with hope, filled with the, the power of God. And so he says may the God of hope. And that word may in the Greek means it's a wish. It's not a guarantee. And so it says the God of hope fill you with joy and peace and believing. In verse 5, pop up to verse 5, we're going to see what we, we had uh, gone through last week. And in verse 5 it says, Now may the God of patience, say God of patience, God of patience. and the God of comfort. So he's the God of uh, patience, he's the God of comfort, but here in this verse he's the God of hope. You know, guess what? He's the God of whatever you need. You name what you need, he's the God of it. Tell someone God's got it. And because you're born again, you got it. It's in your spirit. But you need to let it out. Say, I'm going to let it out. All right, so may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace and believing. So God wants you filled. And so, matter of fact, all of us are filled, but what are we filled with? Ask somebody, what are you full of? Well, you're supposed to be filled with joy and peace. Um, and this is possible because uh, if you're low on joy and peace, you're low on believing. Fill you with joy and peace in believing. 
So if you don't have much joy and you don't have much peace, then you're not in active faith. You're not releasing that faith. You're not believing God. And so I'm sorry that you came all the way to church for me to tell you that. <laughs> but I love you. I'm not talking to you. I'm talking to your neighbor. <laughs> me and you are like this. You know, uh, I really like donuts. I'm just going to open my heart and talk. You know, I love donuts. You know, and I, and I live not far from one of the best donut shops in town, Amy's. And they have these filled donuts, and so they're all sitting in there. And so you almost have to ask, what's that one filled with? What's that filled with? Because you can't see. It's just it's like a regular donut, and it's filled. But you don't know, you know, you don't really know what it's filled with until you take a bite out of it. And then you kind of see what it's filled with. Well, it's the same thing with us as Christians. We really don't know what we're, we're full of until someone takes a bite of us. <laughs> so if someone takes a good bite out of our flesh, we really don't know what we're full of. Because it comes out. It should be joy and peace, joy and tribulation. Hallelujah. Now get your eyes off, get your mind off the donut. Now, I've had to cut back on that. Joanne's got me on the program, but all right. Pray for me. <laughs> you know where the word joy is the Greek word kara. It's a derivative of another word. You're familiar with it. There's a Bible school. Well, actually, the Greek is charis. But Andrew's from, from Texas, so he calls it Karis. <laughs> That's fine. But it's grace. It's, joy is a byproduct of grace. So if you don't have joy in your life, you may, you may think you know about grace. You may understand the principles of grace, but you're not operating in grace. You're not actively participating in grace. You're not processing grace. Because a byproduct of grace is joy. Give someone a smile offering. <laughs> Praise God. And another byproduct of grace is peace. You know, 16 of the, church, the letters written to the church, the epistles, 16 of them start with grace and peace. Because peace comes out of grace. So what's a touchstone for if you're operating in grace? You have peace. If you're not operating in peace, you know about it. You've heard sermons of it. But you're not walking in it, being influenced by grace if you don't have peace. And so it says have joy in peace. So there's two gauges in your faith car. Two gauges in your faith car. Now, in your natural car, there's one gauge you really need to pay attention to. It's your gas gauge. Well, why won't my car start? You haven't put gas in it. Well, there, if your faith car is not working very well, then there's two gauges to check and see if they're low. If you're low on joy and you're low on peace, then your faith car is going to putter to the end and stop in Grumble Alley. So joy and peace, so... So how do, you, how do you keep that up? By believing. By believing in the finished work of Jesus. By believing in the grace of God. 
We're, we're saved by grace, right? No, we're not. We're saved by grace through faith. So if we're just saved by grace, then everybody's saved. That's called universalism, and that's not scriptural. Now, if you cherry-pick scripture, you can try to make it say that, but you can't take the totality of the word and come to that conclusion. So, so we must believe. Now, let me say something. There's a, and I'll suck the air out of the room, but I'll put it back because I'm good. <clears throat> There's a difference between faith and believing. No, there isn't, Pastor. No, Pastor. Okay, let me, let me prove it. All right, so faith is a noun. I'm going to bring back some bad memories of your childhood. What is a noun? Wow, person, place, or thing. Faith isn't it. it, it. Okay, so believe, believing and believe is a verb. Question, is a noun and a verb the same thing? I just proved it to you. Faith and believing is not the same. Now, faith is a gift from God by hearing the word. When you heard the gospel, faith came in. It was a gift from God. You didn't do anything. He just gave that to you. So he gave you faith, but he will not do your believing for you. So what if, 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 if faith's a noun, believing's a verb, then what is believing? It is, it is activating your faith. And you do it by two ways. Activating your mouth, a lot of you, do I need to help you with how to do that? <laughs> Activate you by speaking God's word or acting on God's word. That's the two ways you release faith. And when you do that, it's called believing. It's putting your faith into action. God gives you faith, but he will not do your believing for you. You must release your faith. And so it's believing. So, so that means if you're, if, if you're seemingly having difficulty in the area of faith, then it's because it's a word problem. You ever, you ever had a word problem? I hated those in school. If you had a train going 20 miles an hour west and another one going east at 50 miles an hour, what color coat was the conductor wearing? I don't know. But if you, have a, if, you have a, if you have a joy problem and a peace problem, it's a believing problem. If you're having a believing problem, it's a word problem. You're not spending time. Check up on your word time. Well, I, I have a TV dinner every once in a while. I watch Andrew on TV once a week or Creflo or, or Joseph Prince. No, no we, don't, we need something more than a TV dinner. We need a home-cooked meal. We open the Bible for ourselves and invite the Holy Spirit up to the chair next to us to be our teacher, and we spend time and we have a fresh cooked meal from the throne of heaven. Ask someone, how have you been eating lately? It says, now may the God of hope and... The, the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing that you may abound in hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. So when you are believing, not only will you have joy and peace, but you will abound in hope. He's the God of hope. What's the Greek word for hope? It means a confident expectation 
of the goodness of God. It's a confident expectation in the future that good things are about to happen to you. Tell someone something good's about to happen to you. How many Christians think they're so scared something bad is about to happen to them? You hear this person got COVID and that person lost their job and this thing's happening. When's the shoe going to drop in my life? When is it coming to my house? God doesn't want you living that way. God wants you filled with hope. The confidence, say confident. confident. Expectation of the goodness of God. Something good is about to happen to you. Well, how do you know, Pastor? The Word. God's a good God. I'm going to help you. You came to church. I'm going to give you theology at its basis. Okay, here it is. God is a good God. Okay, good. And, and the devil is a bad devil. So if it's good, it's God. If it's bad, that clears it up. As Andrew says, you need help to misunderstand that. God has nothing but good for you. His plans for you are for good. He wants you to abound, not only, well, I'm hoping for it. No, abounding in confident expectations. I am looking for it. You get what you expect. All right. By the power of the Holy Spirit. Look at Romans 15.4. He wants you to abound in hope. And it comes through the word. Romans 15, 4 says, For whatever things were written before were written for our learning, that we, through patience and comfort of the scriptures, might have hope. So he wants to so so that so through the scriptures comes believing, joy, peace, abounding in hope. That's what God has for you. I better get out of verse 13, or we're never gonna finish. September 12th may not be taking place. <laughs> Verse 14. Now I myself am confident concerning you, my brethren, that you are full of goodness, filled with all knowledge, able to admonish one another. I want you to see verse 13 says that he will fill us with joy and peace. This verse says that we're full of goodness, filled with all knowledge. Fill, full, filled. Fulfilled, fulfilled. God wants us full. God wants us filled. Praise God. Ask someone, what are you full of? <laughs> now I myself am confident concerning you, my brethren, that you are full of goodness. Well, he's persuaded. How, how do you get persuaded? Through the word. Because when you got born again and you're born in spirit, your spirit is filled with goodness. Well, I just, if you look at my life, there's nothing but rottenness. Well, that's your flesh. But if you're born again, raise your hand if you're born again, then you have the nature of Jesus on the inside. You look just like Jesus. Jesus was the spitting image of his father. That's why he went around spitting on people. <laughs> I think, I don't, my theology, I'm sorry. And everybody spit on were blind. It was good because they never saw it coming. 
Thank you, Jesus. But Jesus was a spitting image of his father, but you're the spitting image of Jesus. Don't spit on me. You look just like Jesus in your spirit. Is Jesus full of goodness? And so are you. As he is? When I get to heaven. You know, in this present world. Say I'm full of goodness. You need to say that. Well, I can't seem to do anything good. Well, because you're stinking thinking. In your mouth. No, I'm full of goodness. Say I'm full of goodness. In Christ Jesus. Then your flesh there dwells no good thing. Now I myself am confident concerning you, my brethren, that you're full of goodness. Not only that, you're filled with all knowledge. Well, I can't find my car keys in the morning. Now, where are you filled with all knowledge? In your spirit. You have the mind of Christ. It's on the inside of you. But this, what's in your spirit, needs to fill you. When you're full of something, that means it's coming to your soul. And so when we spend time in the Word, we pray in the Spirit, we draw what's in our spirit up into our soul. And Paul says that, they, that he's convinced that because they're full of goodness and full of knowledge, they have a reservoir of goodness and knowledge to draw from, that they're able, say able, to admonish one another. Yeah, I'm just going to admonish. There's a lot of admonishers. I'm, I'm called to admonish. I admonish you. And you think, well, that's berating somebody and getting on. That's not what that Greek word means. Look at that word. Look at that word admonish. It comes from, uh, from two Greek words, a compound word. It means to place into the mind. It means mind placing. And so what does this mean, to admonish someone? That means to, to uh, put their mind back on the word. It's to put their focus back on the truth. Because so often, our focus gets off the truth. And we get on our circumstances, get on our problems, and get on brother, you know, sister bucket mouth and brother flip a lip, and we get on all that stuff, and our mind gets off of that. And so what do we need help with? Get it to mind placing. Place our mind back on Jesus. And so if someone comes to me, my goal is to get where their mind is and their mind's like a magnifying glass, and I shove it back on the word. Oh, yeah, yeah, I forgot about that. That's true, that's true. That's what we're called to do. Help people get their mind, to place their mind back on the word. That's what you're called to do. You're able to do that. Say, I'm able. I'm able. And I'm anointed. I'm anointed. For, the ministry For the ministry of mind placing. Hallelujah. Now, that's only if you're in your right mind. <laughs> Ask someone, are you out of your mind? <laughs> Verse 15. Nevertheless, brethren, I've written to you more boldly on some points as reminding you. Because of the grace given to me by God. Paul says, I've written to you more boldly. Paul didn't start the book of, uh, didn't start the book of Rome. <laughs> yeah, he did. He, he said, Paul. Give, no, he didn't start the church at Rome. 
wasn't one of his churches he planted. But because of the apostolic call, they had, they had obviously reached out to him for ministry, and so he's reaching back out to them. And as his apostolic call and authority God's given to him, he's boldly writing to them. And he says, nevertheless, brethren, I have written to you more boldly on some points. And so uh, we all have the ability to encourage one another to help get, their, get people's minds back on the word. But, there's, but there, in the fivefold ministry gift, there is just a, a higher level of authority that we have to do that ministry. And, and more boldness and authority to accomplish that. And Paul says, but I did it more boldly. As reminding, say reminding. reminding. Mind placing. See, a lot of ministers, they always are trying to come up with something new. A big part of ministry is, is the, the ministry of remembrance. Remind, Paul says, you know what, it's not grievous to me to remind you of to say the same thing over and over again, but for you it's safe. And, and I'll endure your, I've heard that. That's fine. I'm doing my job. You need to, and that attitude shows you don't got it. Well, I've heard that before. Well, has it changed your life? I have a t-shirt. <laughs> the three steps. I have bought the t-shirt. It says the three steps. Look at Jesus. Keep looking at Jesus. Keep on looking at Jesus. But are you doing it? I'm going to remind you. I'm tired of that. Well, when you do it, we'll stop. As reminding you because of the grace given to me by God. Verse 16. That I might be a minister of Jesus Christ to the Gentiles. Ministering the gospel of God that the offering of the Gentiles might be acceptable, sanctified by the Holy Spirit. Paul says he's a minister of Jesus Christ to the Gentiles. Now, there's no titles in the word of God. Uh-oh. Because you may have to stop your order of your business card you just printed. <laughs> Nowhere do you see it says the Apostle Paul. Paul called to be an apostle. Function. Technically, I know you love to call me Pastor Rick, but it's really Rick called to be a pastor. But I find it's much too long to say that. <laughs> so, okay, Pastor Rick, I understand that I might be a minister of Jesus Christ to the Gentiles. But he would always want to go to the Jews. There's a, there a period of time in Paul's life he wasn't satisfied with his calling. He thought, if anyone could reach the Jews, it's me. I know more, been to cemetery, got all that degrees, I got dung on the wall, I got, you know, I, and I can minister to the Jews, but God didn't need his great intellect. He needed his availability. And he says, I want you to be available and minister to the Gentiles. He would always go to the synagogue and minister to the Jews. And every time he would get beaten and then go to a rock concert. <laughs> and he was the main show. And then finally he turned to the Gentiles and revival would break out. And God says, finally. Thank you. Well, who's called to minister to the Jews? He looked over the Peter. That ignorant fisherman? Yeah, I'm going to use Peter. 
Tell someone, God can use you. <laughs> that I might minister of Jesus Christ to the Gentiles. Look at the word minister. It's a very unique Greek word here. It's a word that means one that served in the temple. A temple worker. Ministering the gospel of God. And again, that Greek word in verb form to be a temple worker. He says, I'm called to be a temple worker. Not called to, into the Old Testament temple, but to work in the New Testament temple, which the body of Christ is the temple of God. And you're the temple of God. I don't know how that works, but you are. Some temples are bigger than others. I don't judge. But a temple worker, if you're called into the ministry, you're called to be a temple worker. To work in the holy things of God among his temple and to build up the work of God. And so every New Testament minister is a temple worker. And so what is our main resource to minister? The gospel. What's the gospel mean? Bad news. Oh, I'm sorry. Good news. If you're not ministering good news, then you're not a New Testament temple worker. The Old Testament temple workers, were they ministered bad news. Works and you had to perform and all this stuff. And you had to bring a heifer to church. It's good news. Good news, you don't have to bring a heifer to church. Better news, I don't have to kill it. Thank you. Good news. That the, offering, that the offering of the Gentiles might be accepted. Again, this is the metaphor of the temple worker. The offering of the Gentiles might be acceptable. It's the imagery of the Old Testament temple and the priesthood, offering, killing and offering dead animal to God. What God's called to edify, promote life, and bring to God a living sacrifice of the church. That it may be sanctified by the Holy Spirit. See, the main job for Paul was to minister the good news in the temple of God. And it was the job of the Holy Spirit to bring, take that word and sanctify the people. See, as a minister, a pastor, as a minister, you're not called to sanctify the people. You're called to minister the gospel of grace. Minister the New Testament, New Covenant truths, and the Holy Spirit takes that and sanctifies the people. You commend them to the grace of God when they walk out the door because the Holy Spirit will work through them using what you've ministered and what they get ministered to in their own time, but the Holy Spirit will sanctify the people. They're the Lord's sheep, not your sheep. You're the Lord's sheep. I want you to prove it. Go, bah. There you go. You couldn't do that if you weren't. The Holy Spirit will sanctify you. He'll show you how to appropriate these things. I can't follow you around. Oh, if pastor would just follow me around and, and teach me all week long. Well, I have to teach me all week long. Well, actually, Joanne teaches me all week long. <laughs> I wish Jeremy could come and the choir could just sing in my room, on, in my, my living room on Monday morning. No, you sing to the Lord on Monday morning with the songs. that You ever been during the week, all of a sudden you're starting to sing a song and you sung it on Sunday? Praise God. It's working. See, we think sometimes it's the minister's job to sanctify the people. You know, you can't go here, and you can't watch that, and you can't, and your clothes have to be 
That's not your job. Your job is to minister the word. Let the Holy Spirit bring sanctification. Verse 17. Therefore I have reason to glory in Christ Jesus in the things which pertain to God. Look at that word glory. It means boasting. Therefore I have reason to boast in Christ Jesus in the things which pertain to God. Do you know that boasting is not always bad? Now trash talking Unless you trash talk the devil, that's okay. The devil, you know, David trash talked Goliath. I loved it. You know, Goliath says, "Are you coming out here with sticks, boy?" He says, "Well, let me tell you what's about to go down. I'm about to kill you, and when I do, I'm going to take your head from your shoulders. I'm going to feed you to the birds of the air, and when I'm done with you, all ends are going down today in Israel." God loves some sanctified trash talk. It's okay to trash talk the devil. Because your big brother's right behind you. He's in you. But it says, therefore, but it's never good to boast in yourself. You're not a bag of chips and all that. Yeah, you may be full of hot air, but. Therefore, I have reason to glory or boast in Christ Jesus. You know, it's good to boast in God. What God, look how good God is. Look what he did. Isn't he awesome? Look at that mountain. That's good, God. That's awesome. Look at Psalms 44. Look at verse 8. Psalms 44, 8. It says, in God we boast some of the time. Oh, I'm sorry. Clueless translation. In God we boast all day long and praise your name forever. If you boast in God all day long, your focus is on Him all day long. What do you do if you said, you know what, I'm just going to boast on you all day. I'm going to brag about you all day long. I'm going to tell other people how good you are and what you've done in my life. I'm just going to brag about you all day long. You know, that's good. Verse 18. For I will not dare to speak of any of those things which Christ has not accomplished through me in word and deed to make the Gentiles obedient. And so he says, you know, I'm not going to boast. The only thing I'm going to boast about is what God's done and what he's done through me. See, see, the Christian life is fruit-bearing. It's what God does through you, not by you. You're in, you're in distribution, not in production. Retire from production and move into distribution. You're, you're in shipping and receiving. Receiving and shipping. So you receive from him and you ship it out. It's through you. And when it goes through you, guess what? You get blessed, but God gets the glory. So what, what, what do you say when someone says, you know, wonderful message? No. Was not me. I was not there. <laughs> really? False humility. Well, say, say, praise the Lord. Thank you. And as soon as they walk away, hand the rose to Jesus. Worship him. Boast in him. For I will not dare to speak of anything of those things which Christ has not accomplished through me. Notice it says, accomplished through me in word and deed. In the kingdom of God, there are things that God will accomplish in, by your words and the things you do. 
accomplished in word and deed. There are many things God wants you to accomplish with your words. Jesus did it. You follow Jesus around, he was talking to things. He was talking to trees, talking to mountains, talking to winds, talking to fevers, talking to demons. Ask, tell someone, what have you been talking to lately? Well, I don't want people to think I'm weird. Well, they are, you're already weird. I'm sorry. You're a peculiar generation. All right. I love those people that are, they're driving their car. Is something I said? Okay. They're driving their car, and they're singing to the top of their lungs right there, and I don't care who's looking. That's, that's my kind of guy. For I will not dare to speak of any of those things which Christ has not accomplished through me in word and deed to make, Gentile, make the Gentiles obedient. Look at that word obedient. That word obedient means to hearken under, to hear and to respond by hearing. In the New Testament, obedience is equated to believing. Let me say that again. In the New Testament, obedience is equivalent to believing. Speaking and acting on the word is obedience to God. Matter of fact, Romans 1.5 says, starts out with the obedience of faith. And then six, last, the next time, or a couple weeks from now, Romans 16.26 ends the book with the obedience of faith. The book starts with obedience of faith, ends with the obedience of faith. That's the goal, is to be obedient by, by, by believing in what Jesus said. That's obedience. So a minister is to make believers obedient. See, but a lot of ministers under the Old Covenant, they do it by threatening, by pressing, by commanding, by, by manipulation. No, no, no. How can you make the people obedient to God? Just minister the gospel of grace. Teach the New Covenant truths. Teach it to them. The Holy Spirit will sanctify them. They'll bring them to a place to where they'll be obedient by trusting Jesus. Raise your hand if you're a minister. Well, i got the right people. These are ministry principles that help you. Verse 19. Make them obedient in mighty signs and wonders by the power of the Spirit of God, so that from Jerusalem and around about Illyricum I have fully preached the gospel. Paul says it's not just, it's not just good for a minister of the gospel to preach the gospel, but there needs to be a demonstration of the gospel. Because the Holy Spirit will work with the Word with signs following. That's why we have our worship service after the ministry of the Word. The Spirit confirms the Word with signs following. With the gifts of the Spirit afterwards. If you wonder why we do that. In mighty signs and wonders, a demonstration of the power of the Spirit of God. And so... Uh, it's done by the power of the Spirit. And verse 13 says, Paul abounded first in joy, peace, and hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. And now it says that he operated in signs and wonders by the power of the Holy Spirit. First of all, a minister should be operating in the fruit of the Spirit and the graces of the Spirit by the power of the Spirit and then the gifts of the Spirit by the power of the Spirit. We should have both operating. You know, it's good to be fruity, but no power. We'll have power, but no fruit, no character. We need both. And if I had to pick one or the other, 
I want to have some fruit for people. Instead of, you know, flowing in the power of God and then being rude to people afterwards. That really helps, really. That's good. I'm landing the plane. So that from Jerusalem and around about to Illyricum, I fully preached the gospel. Say fully preached. You haven't fully preached the gospel until you've demonstrated the gospel. If you don't open up for the power of the Holy Spirit to operate in his gifts, you haven't fully preached the gospel. Because the gospel in its fullness brings healing. It brings prosperity. It brings manifestation of freedom. Are you fully preaching the gospel? Fully preach the gospel. In verse 20 says, And so I have made it my aim to preach the gospel, not where Christ was named, lest I should build on another man's foundation. Look at, that, look at the phrase, I have made it my aim. Made it my aim. In the Greek, that's a bad translation. In the Greek, it means, um, this phrase, made it my aim, literally means in the Greek, uh, in the love of honor. So let me put that in there. For, for, for so... For the love of honor, I preached the gospel, not where Christ was named, lest I build on another man's. What did he say? You know what? Out of the love of honor, I'm not going to take credit for someone else's work. I'm not going to move in and say, oh, I'm the apostle of this place. Move out of the way. I'll take over from here, and I'll take credit for everything. You ever met someone like that? That's no, there's no honor to that. Now, I had to learn that that's called humility is to give credit to someone else. I had it when uh, I'm almost done, almost done. Um, and I'm blaming it on the Holy Spirit. It's all me. Just have mercy on me. Um, so I had, uh, I, when I first became the dean of education, I needed an assistant dean. So I did uh, some interviews, and Daniel Bennett was head and shoulders above it. And I don't know if you know Daniel Bennett, but he's up at and so now he's my boss. So be very kind to the people under you. <laughs> anyway, so I hired him, and he's an, he is just an uh, idea guy. I mean, he, he gets more ideas by accident than I ever could on purpose. And he came ideas to make, you know, the new scheduling system and do this and do that. And I was like, great idea. Let's do it. Great idea. Let's do it. But I had to present it up. And when I presented it up, my flesh would say, take credit. And I said, no. I said, this was Daniel Bennett's deal. This was Daniel Bennett. This was Daniel Bennett. This was Daniel Bennett. This is Daniel Bennett. <laughs> God, can't you give me something? <laughs> and then they promoted him over me. No, he's a great guy. He's right where he needs to be, and I'm right where I need to be. Amen. But for the love of honor, I'm not going to preach where Christ is already named and where other people's working. Now, that doesn't mean that you can't go and be invited into someone else's work. Like Apollos, he was invited by Paul into Corinth after he left to minister to them. But he invited him. So you can be invited into someone's work, but don't take over someone's work. All right, close your head. Close your head. Close your eyes. <laughs> Keep your head open. Close your eyes. Praise God. <laughs> Father, we thank you so much for the word of God. 
Father, you want to fill us with joy and peace, but we have to cooperate. You gave us faith, but you won't do your believing for us. He won't do your believing for you. Where's your joy gauge? How full has it been? Where's your, joy, where's your peace gauge? How full of peace have you been? It's a sign of, am I believing? Am I speaking God's word? Am I acting on God's word? Where's my hope level? I want to be, God wants me to be abounding in confident expectation of the goodness of God. That something good's about to happen to me. How, how much have you been abounding in hope? But you can abound by the power of the Holy Spirit. Avail yourself to the word and praying in the spirit. Father, we just thank you so much. And you'd say, Pastor, in one of those areas, yeah, that, that, that gauge has been lower than it needs to be. I need to get back into the word, start speaking the word, start acting on the word, trust in Jesus, and expecting again. Only good things are going to happen to me. If that's you, I want you to raise your hand. Father, I thank you that you're ministering to people right now. Holy Spirit, only by your power, Holy Spirit, can this happen. That when we're, ours are off of you, we need mind-placing. That you would direct our mind back as a magnifying lens, back on the truth, be magnified in our life again. And we'll be filled with joy. When we're trusting God, we're full of joy, full of peace, and full of hope. We thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's worship God.